Good evening, Harvest Point. Oh, come on. It's my first time here. I'm nervous. Don't leave me here by myself. Good evening, Harvest Point. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, as I said, my name is Nelson Furtado. I'm a teaching pastor at the branch with our contemporary service at Griffin First Methodist. And it's a privilege to be here with you all this evening. I was shocked in finding out that Jonathan has COVID. I've heard that he was in the Bahamas on vacation. So, Jonathan, we need to talk. Uh, I told him that last year I was in the same case that he was. We had our Christmas Eve Eve service with our contemporary worship. And then the next day, as we were planning things for our Christmas Eve service, one of our volunteers who spent about 45 minutes next to me uh, called me and said, hey, I tested positive today. I was like, okay, quarantining then three hours before the service starts. So uh, when Jonathan sent the email saying, hey, can y'all help us? Like, yeah, of course, I understand how it is when you plan an entire service and create a lot of expectation about what God is going to do in our lives, what God has prepared for us um, in the season of Christmas, in this season of Advent, and then uh, COVID throws a wrench in, in, in the midst of our plans, and we have to uh, be creative in how we're going to uh, worship our Lord, how we're going to celebrate the birth of our Lord. But it is a privilege, it's a pleasure for me to be here. This is actually the second time that I come to Harvest Points. The first time, uh, the I think it was about four, five years ago, maybe, whatever many years that is in COVID time. Um, I think the conference was doing a training, and Harvest Point was actually one of our case uh, church case studies. And so we came here, and we heard uh, Jonathan talking about all the ministry that y'all do here and, and, and how y'all engage the, the community. And so it was a privilege uh, at that time to get to know a little more of Harvest Point and now uh, finally come here and meet uh, y'all and be able to worship with you in this uh, wonderful season, which is the Christmas season, uh, when we celebrate the birth of our Lord. Now the protocol was met, I would like to invite you to the gospel according to Luke for our reflection tonight. I'm going to Luke chapter 2 verse 1 to 14. That's Luke chapter 2 verse 1 to 14. You don't have to stand up but remain reverent in your heart. I think we have the lyrics or the reading of the word in the screen but this is what Luke has to tell us in this Christmas Eve uh, service. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinus was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who has pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there were no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Friends, this is Holy Scripture, and we give God thanks for it. In this Christmas Eve, um, there's a, a, a deeper sense of expectation, I believe, in all of our hearts because Christmas is ready. Christmas is at hand. Christmas is here. The, the day that we've been preparing for the last, I don't know, 40, 50 days, it's at hand. All the, the delicious food that we've been preparing for the whole week is, is ready or at least almost ready. The kids, the gifts that have been uh, uh, piling up under the Christmas tree are, are, are almost ready to be open. Or maybe some of you are still trying to, to, to FedEx a last-minute letter to Santa Claus saying that you behaved well, trying to uh, bribe the elf and put in a good word for maybe you get a gift tomorrow. Maybe some of you are overachievers and kind of your meal is ready. Things are in the crock pot already at home just waiting for me to shut up so you can go home and eat your food. Maybe some of you, some of you are procrastinators like I am and are just kind of waiting until you get home to see what you're going to eat and how things are going to happen. But Christmas is at hand. Christmas is in a few hours and we're looking forward to that time that maybe the in-laws are coming to town or in-laws are already here or, and, and, and you're getting ready to welcome maybe friends. I don't know how you're going to celebrate Christmas, but maybe you're going to have some friends over, your neighbors. You have your traditions, the things that you do all over uh, every year for Christmas that you're looking forward to do that. You're looking forward to open the gift, to exchange gifts and, and, and to celebrate Christmas as you have always happened. You're looking forward to that because you know when you want understand that Christmas is more uh, than the gifts, it's more than the traditions, it's more than, than, than everything that we do it every year. But Christmas is really about expressing love to one another. So the meals that you share, the time of fellowship, the gifts that you exchange is about expressing love for one another. The cards that you wrote and send on the mail, the texts that you send, the emails that you send to the people that you love and to those people that you hated the entire year. But it's Christmas, so you have to send a card. All of that to express your love for one another. This is part of the, maybe this is the greatest tradition of Christmas. This is what Christmas is about, expressing love for one another. So we all, the extra mile, we do an extra effort. We, 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 try to, we try to be as nice as we can, as, as polite as we can, and we try to use more kind words to one another because we want to express love for one another. Everything that we do, the meals, the gifts, the cars, the words, the hugs that we give, everything is an expression of love for one another. And I'm a preacher. It's Christmas Eve. We are at church. You know where I'm going with this. Christmas is the greatest expression of love from God for us. Christmas is the greatest expression of God's love for us. This is why we are here. This is the reason for the 
Oh, good. Y'all are still with me. Christmas, Christ is still the reason for the season. We are here to celebrate Christ, the great, greatest gift of God to the world, the greatest gift that God would send to us. Christ is here. We are celebrating Christ. Christ is an expression of God's love for us. It's all about Christ. It's all about his love for us. This is why we're here. This is why we adorn the church. This is why we light the candles. This is like we, we this is why we sing all the songs that we do and everything that we do because of Christ, because of the love of God shown to us through Christ. There's this very uh, 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 encrypted, weird verse in the Bible. I don't know how many of you uh, uh, read this one before. This is, this is one of the verses that pastors go to seminary to learn because not, not all people know this verse. It's very kind of bared in the scripture. This verse says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son for us. God so loved the world. God loved the world in, in, in such a way, in such a manner, with such a measure that he gave his only son for us. And this is why we're here. This is why we celebrate Christmas, because God sent his son for us. But what it starts with love must end with love. And so we don't stay just on John 3, 16. The, the beginning of the gospel of John, it starts telling us that God loved us, that God gave this, this precious gift, this wonderful, beautiful, amazing gift. But you know this, and you teach your children this, Christmas is not only about getting gifts, it's not only about receiving gifts. Christmas is also about what you give. It's not just about getting, it's not only about receiving, but it's also forgiving. And then John, at the end of his gospel account, he tells us on John 13, chapter, uh, John chapter 13, verse 34, a new command I give you, said Jesus, love one another. As I have loved you, you also must love one another. What begins with love ends with love. John tells us that Christ came to the world as a sign of love. And now all of us who have surrendered our life to Christ, all of us who have followed the way of the Messiah, all of us who have been baptized, all of us who, who are following the path that Christ has paid for us must also love one another. So in this Christmas Eve, as, as your senior pastors in the Bahamas just having a good time, my question for you is, what does love look like today? Because when we talk about Christmas, I, I, I know that most of you have a beautiful nativity, nativity scene somewhere in your house, and there's the little baby Jesus wrapped in the cloth, and then the shepherds are around, and maybe some of you have three uh, wise men or three uh, uh, magi uh, there in your nativity scene. Maybe some of you are more rebellious and put more uh, magi, maybe less. The animals are there. There's always a cow there, even though cow was not uh, in Israel, in Palestine. At that time, we still put a cow in a nativity scene for some reason. That's what love looked like over 2,000 years ago, a baby wrapped in the manger. But what does love look like for us today? 
in this in this meme culture, in this mean world, in this polarized time and nation that we are. What love looks like for us today. I love talking about little baby Jesus and singing away in the mangers. It's great to talk about little baby Jesus. Sometimes I need to pause myself. There are some liberties that I take at my church that when I'm a guest preacher, I have to. But, but I have, how many of you have watched Talladega Nights? You know, when they pray to baby Jesus. I mean, it's it, right. I mean, you always have to pray to baby Jesus. Baby Jesus answer your prayers a lot faster. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's heresy. I'm sorry, Jonathan. I, I promise I'll get on track. Um, <laughs> I love talking about baby Jesus, and, and baby Jesus, it, it represents the Christ coming to the world, represents the love of God coming to us. But my question for you is, what does love look like for us today, and how can we express love today? As I said, we have received this great gift from God. We have received the greatest gift that God could have ever given us. Christ coming to the world, bringing hope, bringing salvation, bringing restoration. And now that we have received this great gift from God, how can we give this gift to the world? How can we share the gift of love, the gift of hope, the gift of salvation that we have received with the world? So, um, for the next five minutes, or for the remainder of the time I have with you, um, I want to share with you what I call five levels of love. I believe some of you are familiar with the, uh, with the Greek words of, uh, for love. Maybe you heard sermons about the, the, the Greek words from love. So, maybe you know the ludus, eros, philos, pragma, agape, and storge. Or maybe some of you, some of your couples have work on your five languages of love. Uh, and you know that some of you prefer more the physical touch. Some of you prefer more the gifts. I always tell my wife that on Christmas, yes, my love language is gift. But I want to use this idea of, of, of multiple ways of love, multiple levels of love, multiple languages of love to talk to you about five levels of love. Five levels of love. The first level of love, I call it the self-love. Self-love. Uh, when I preach at my church about love, I, I always tell them that we cannot talk about love without talking about self-love. The Bible tells us that, that we must love others as we love. Oh, come on. Still, still with me. I'm still nervous. We cannot love. We, we have to love others as we love. So you have to love yourself before loving others. So, so, so self-love looks very different from several people. I don't want to... Self-love sometimes um, looks like starting an exercise. Self-love sometimes looks like uh, measuring the portion of food that you're going to eat. Self-love sometimes looks like having more than one cheat day on your diet, on your exercise routine. Sometimes self-love looks like having a better inner conversation. I don't know how many of you have, uh, 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 I don't know what your inner conversations are like, but every now and then I talk to people that said that they have terrible inner conversation every time that they fail, every time that they do something wrong. I say, well, but you are, you are so stupid. You, you cannot do that yourself. You're not good at anything. So, so, so they discourage themselves. They talk bad about themselves. They, they, they call themselves name because they have 
they don't love themselves enough. So instead of, instead of using words of encouragement, instead of helping themselves, instead of encouraging themselves, they have terrible self-conversation. So loving ourselves sometimes look as encouraging ourselves. Self-love sometimes look as, as setting healthy boundaries. Sometimes self-love looks like telling no. Tell everybody in my church that no sometimes is an appropriate answer. Do you want to go out to dinner? No. Do you want to do this? No. No sometimes is a healthy, is an appropriate answer. And sometimes we need to love ourselves by setting healthy boundaries. Giving ourselves a break from all the judgment. Understanding uh, where we are, uh, listening to our body when we're tired and need a rest. Realizing who is around us and having, knowing who we need to get closer to that will encourage us, that will help us become better disciples. And understanding that there are some people that we need to love and pray from a distance. So self-love is the first level of love. And the second level of love, I call it an effortless love. I love talking about effortless love because effortless love, is, it's, kinda, it's, it's barely love. It's, it's, it's very called love. I have to argue really hard to call it love because effortless love is it's, it's the kind of things that you do. It's, it's the bare minimum for you to be considered a nice person. I mean, on effortless love, you hold the door open for someone. You allow people to, to pass you on the cash register. And uh, with, with effortless love, um, Again, sometimes I have to, to mind my own language. Effortless love is kind of the bare minimum that you have to do not to be a pain in the gluteus maximus. <laughs> you know, I mean, just smiling sometimes, waving back. I mean, if you grew up in the South, you know that you, you can do effortless love. You say good morning, good afternoon, you smile, you wave. I mean, it's, it's, it's the bare minimum, just taking care and looking around what you have in the two feet around you. Overall, a good person, the bare minimum to be a good person. I call it effortless love. And then we start progressing, and there, the, there's the third level. They call it outreach love. It's when you stop just looking at yourself, and you start moving and going to others, pushing to others. You get out of your way to help someone. You see someone in need, and you try to do something to help them. Not that you go too much, but it's just kind of if they are there, if they are around you, you help them. You do something for them. In this, in this level of love, there is a willingness to sacrifice a few things for someone else to have a little better life. So in the, in, the, in the outreach love, you start to look around and look for opportunities to serve. Maybe once a month or once a year, you serve in a soup kitchen. You serve in the laundry ministry. Or maybe you take your time. Uh, it's once a year, so you, you, you help with the return to Bethlehem, and you volunteer, and you kind of start looking for opportunities to serve here and there. You start not just looking for yourself and to what benefits you and for what you like to do, but you start looking other people and how can you help how can you meet needs but you don't go too far the fourth level of love uh, I call it unconditional uncomfortable love my wife calls it in spite of love 
This is the love that in spite of who you did, in spite of who you are, in spite of what they did, in spite of what they are, you love anyway. In spite of the condition, in spite of the circumstances, in spite of what is happening. If they like you, they don't like you. If they agree with you or they don't agree with you. If they belong to the same political party as you or they belong to the other one that you don't like to talk about, you love anyway. It's uncomfortable love. Uncomfortable love pushes you to be in uncomfortable positions, uncomfortable situations because you are doing your best to love and to express the love of Christ that is within you. And here the, the conversation for me really starts to get interesting when we get to the uncomfortable kind of love. Because here love is starts to take a cost. It's not just what you can do anymore. It's not just what is around your level anymore. It's not just uh, what is not going to disrupt your agenda anymore. But in the uncomfortable kind of love, you are willing to pay the price, to pay the cost, to shift things around, to, to endure some sort of loss so you can express the love of Christ that is within you. It's not just about what you like to do or you don't like to do anymore. It's about what the person needs. What is the need and how can I help? What is the need and how can I be of any support? What is around me here? What is happening here that Christ, what is the situation that Christ is putting me into so I can help, so I can show the love of Christ, so I can change and transform this situation? Uncomfortable love makes you uncomfortable while you are loving. Again, it's not just about what is coming your way, what is easy to do, what is convenient for you. But uncomfortable love is very uncomfortable. And sometimes put you in inconvenience. Sometimes you have to, 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 to lose a working day. Sometimes you have to schedule a help in, in, in a time that doesn't really work for you. But because you want to show love, you endure the cost so the other person will benefit. It's not just about what benefits you, but it's what is the need and how can I help? Where is Christ pushing me to? What Christ is calling me to do? Uncomfortable love re requires some digging, requires some research. Uncomfortable love requires us to ask questions for which we might not have the answer or we might not like the answer. I told my church the other day that on uncomfortable love, it's not just that if when you meet someone who is hungry, you not just serve a food anymore, but you start asking, why is this person hungry anyway? Why don't they have access to food? On uncomfortable love, when you find someone who is struggling to make the ends meet and struggling to pay their bills, you don't simply help with the finances, but you start asking questions about underemployment. You start asking questions about unfair wages, unbalanced distribution, and wealth. You start asking questions about why this person doesn't have as much as they need. It's not just about meeting the needs, but addressing the root cause of the need. How can we help here? Not just momentarily, but how can we help change the situation? Maybe you have heard before the saying, what is it? Teach a, a man to fish or give a man a fish and he will have fish for a day. Teach a man to fish and he will have fish for a lifetime. So on the uncomfortable kind of love, it's not just giving the person the fish or teaching them to fish, but you also give them a rod or a net. You also help them to find access to the pond. 
You make sure that they can get to the pond and back. You make sure that they have eaten a good breakfast that day so they have the energy enough to go in and catch the fish. Uncomfortable love is not just saying, God bless you and go in peace. It's I'll be here with you. I'll journey with you. What is your problem? What is the need? Christ has inspired us. God, Christ has given us blessings. Christ has given us a community of love and fellowship so we can come together and address the needs of our community and of our world. And the fifth level of love Because of the season that we are, I call it the Christmas love. And the Christmas love, at times I also reference it or call it a reckless love. The Christmas love or this reckless love is not, it's not reckless in the sense that it is irresponsible, but reckless love is reckless in the sense that we measure no cause. It cares for not how difficult it is or it doesn't care for the consequences it may face. The Christmas love pushes us to go all the measures, pushes us to go wherever we need to. The, re- the Christmas love, the Christmas love calls us to, to understand that our jobs, that our car, that our house, that our money, that our social status, everything we have, everything we own needs to be available so Christ can use it to bless lives, to change lives, and to transform the world. The Christmas love is an all-in kind of love. The Christmas love doesn't, 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 doesn't separate parts of our life and say, I'm willing to do this, or I'm, but I'm not willing to that. The Christmas love pushes us to be all-in and to be completely available for Christ to use us. So, 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 so the prayer of Christ will come true that God's, that, that God's kingdom will come and Christ's will will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. The Christmas love. Christmas love called us to be all in. It's the Christmas love who made the Magi live their home and go search for the baby who was born in the manger and bring him gifts. It's the Christmas love that calls the shepherds to leave and to journey with their flocks in the middle of the night to go find this baby, to go find this hope. It is the Christmas love that causes us to be together in church, serving together, loving one another, caring for one another, calling one another to see if there is a need. It's the Christmas kind of love that, that causes us to come to church and look around and see who is not here and say, hey, you didn't come to church today. Is everything okay? It's not just about waiting for people to wave their hands and say, hey, I'm in a need. Hey, I need help. Christmas love pushes us to be always looking for the places where we can be representatives of Christ. The Christmas love pushes us to keep going and looking for opportunities that we can make the light of God shine bright. See, friends, when we talk about Christmas and the love that God gave us, God gave us a love that measured no cost. We know, we know how the story ends. When we come and celebrate Christmas, we know what is going to come later in April. We know that there's a cross coming on the way. We know that that, that, that journey is going to be challenging. It's going to be hard. But Christ came to the world anyway. He knew what he was going to face. He knew what he was going to suffer. But he came because of his love for us. And Christ, as he gives all of him, invites us to also give all of us. 
Christ invites us not just to be sitting comfortably in our homes or in our church, just waiting and seeing how the world is going, but Christ invites us to love with a Christmas love, with a love that is all in, with a love that is expressed in all places and all times, with a love that points to Christ and to his work for us. So in this Christmas Eve, in this time, in this moment, my challenge for you, my request for you, my invitation to you is to look within you. It's to search within you. It's to see how much has Christ loved you. How much of God's love do you have within you? And also how much you're willing to share of the love that God has given you. Are you willing just to look at yourself and love yourself and do everything for you? Are you willing just to be kind of do the bare minimum so people say that you are nice? Are you willing to just start doing some acts of kindness and generosity as you go around? Are you willing to look for places where you can help, places where you can serve? Are you willing to be uncomfortable and doing more than what is expected, not for your own sake, so Christ can be glorified? See, I don't have a really good conclusion for this sermon. Because this is not the kind of sermon that you conclude with, those are the three things that you have to do and then you go be happy. This is the kind of sermon that you have to go every day and look every day in your life and look around you every day and search for the opportunities of serving. Search for the opportunities that God is giving you to show his love to the world. There's not one, two, or three things that I can tell you today that you need to go out and do. But what I want to encourage you is to increase your awareness of the opportunities that God has given you to share the love that he has given you to others. What I'm asking you to do, what I'm encouraging you to do, is to look at the places that God is putting you and ask yourself, how can I show God's love here? How can I show God's love in my work? How can I show God's love in the grocery store? How can I show God's love in the traffic? How can I show God's love in a conversation with my family during the holidays? Friends, I hope and pray that you continue to receive God's love, God's love who is beyond measure. And as you experience God's love, I pray that you also share of his love everywhere you go. Will you pray with me? Eternal God, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks, Lord, for your mercy, for your kindness, for your love. We give you thanks, God, for the greatest gift that we have received from you. We give you thanks for the gift of Christ for the gift of his love, for the gift of his passion, for the gift of his dedication. Lord, in this time, and we are coming to the close, to the conclusion of the service, I pray, Lord, that you will increase our awareness of your love for us. The Lord, we may, we may look at you and, 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 and open ourselves to experience how much you love us. And as we experience of your love, as we enjoy the greatest gift that you have given us, we pray, Lord, that you push us, that you encourage us to share this love with others. That you help us, Lord, to be all in, in your mission, in your purpose, in what you are doing in the world right now. 
Lord, as we experience your love, help us to share it. Not a minor portion of it, not just, just a little of it, but all of it. That above all things, your name may be glorified. So the whole world may know that Jesus Christ has come to this world and things are different now. In your son's name, we do pray, oh Lord. Amen. Friends, um, one of the, the things that I love about a Christmas Eve service is how sometimes ideas um, take very concrete um, symbols or how, how, how we can make very concrete uh, expressions of what we are supposed to do as Christians. And so now we are getting ready to, to do a, a, a symbology, to, to, do, to do an act that should cause us to, to think about our place in the world. As we get the light of Christ here, we are encouraged to share the light of Christ with others around us. So as I have here the light of Christ, I came from the Christ Kindle. I want to share this light with you as a sign of sharing the love, as a sign of sharing peace, as a sign of sharing of what Christ has given us to others. And my invitation for you, my prayer for you is that as we share this light, we may also share the hope, we may also share the love, we may all share what Christ has given to us with each other and with the world. So I think we're going to sing now, and as we sing, let's share the light of Christ with one another and with the world.
the same. 